Hey, I'm Elijah, and thanks for checking out this message today. We're glad that you're here, and we would love to get connected with you and your family. One easy way you can do that is to text River Connect to 97000. You can also visit our website at theriverchurch.cc to learn more about us and some upcoming events. Lastly, if you would like to give to the River Church today, you can text the amount you want to give to 84321, or you can head to our website and click the Give tab at the top of the page. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. So, uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, uh, but we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6 for up until about Christmas. So, uh, you will hear this, and I actually appreciate it because people are starting to send me Instagram reels now that say the same thing, but go read your Bible. This is, this is an awesome opportunity for you uh, to take the next two months and really just dive into a chapter. It doesn't sound difficult, does it? Like, I'm not asking you to read a book. I'm not asking you for a paper. There, 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 there's nobody who's going to have to turn in a 15-page cited source uh, dissertation of what we talk about after we're done. But for you and your family, I want to challenge you. Read Matthew chapter 6. Break it down. There's a, we read it once. We, we did it on Sunday. Fantastic. We're done. Like, take some time and read it. Because especially what we're going to be doing over the next like four weeks, we're going to be talking about prayer. So most of us kind of know the Lord's Prayer. Um, like, uh, Dear Heavenly Father, hallowed be the name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Like, we're going to be talking about that in two weeks. But Jesus sets up like, uh, an amazing block to talk about prayer. He, he st- stops specifically in the middle of talking about righteousness. He's like, hey, we got to make sure that how your relationship is with God, we got to make sure that, hey, you're doing this right. So we talked about this when it came to giving and your righteousness and showing it before others. Jesus wants to talk about making sure that our prayer life is accurate. So, so for me, a, a big aspect of why we're going into this is we're going to get a really good insight about what prayer is over the next, like, four weeks. Because I think prayer is one of those things that you can talk about for hours. And I've heard a quote, like, again, churches like baseball, many watch it, but few understand. I think, think prayer is like that sometimes, too. We'll walk up to somebody and be like, I need a prayer request. What do I do? I'm, I'm talking out loud. What does that look like? There, there's sometimes people be like, hey, like, they'll hear somebody say, hey, can you pray for me? And they're like, what do I say? How do I do it? Is there a way I'm supposed to do it? Is there a wrong way of saying it? But then there's real talk. There's, there's some of us who actually genuinely will, will seek the Lord. We, we, we need the Lord's will in our life. We need the Lord to show up in our life. And we're praying, but then we don't see anything happen. And then what do we start doing? We start questioning whether or not prayer is actually real. Or even the other side of it, like, I did it wrong, and then we turn prayer into, like, bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, and we, we think if we say the right things, it's an incantation, and Jesus will be like, poof, there's your miracle. Like, that's not how prayer works. So for the next four weeks, I want to challenge you with two things. One, show up. Uh, be a part of the gatherings. I, I, I'm really excited just to uh, see what God does over the next four weeks when we talk about this. But also, uh, read your Bible at home. Because while, yes, it's amazing for you to hear me say what I believe the Bible says, what better way than do you open up the word of God and then you, you go talk to God and you read his scripture and you pray for him and be like, hey, can you show up and teach me? So while, yes, Pastor Ryan, you teach me a lot. Praise God for that. And again, I'm doing something right. But in the same right, how much better of a teacher is our father who's in heaven? That, that is the ultimate teacher. If anything I do, I would point to that. So, so we're going to kind of do something a little bit different, though. I'm going to flip 
the application. And many times when you, when you listen to preachers preach, they kind of like do the funny story to warm you up and jump into scripture, make a couple of jokes, and then they get to like the application of like, this is what you want to go do. There, there, there's no pastor school that says like, hey, application has to be here or here. But I'm going to flip it this week, and I'm, I'm going to jump right into the application right now. So I'm going to throw the gauntlet right now. I'd like to challenge you all to pray. Not hard, is it? Now, when I'm challenging to pray, like this is at least more than over dinner. I'm going to challenge you to pray, not just, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this food. Bless the hands that prepared it. Amen. I'm going to challenge you to pray. Now, how does that look? I don't know. You determine that. But I'm going to challenge you to specifically take a moment each day to legitimately pray. I want you to take a moment each day to listen to the words that are said while we go over this sermon for the next four weeks. I want you to take every single day, I want you to take one opportunity. I'm not asking you to go full-blown Daniel three times a day, morning, noon, and night. I'm not asking that. I'm not asking that you you take 45 minutes off of your day and you schedule where you're there. I'm asking you for you to walk boldly, confidently, and adoringly in your relationship with God where I want you to set aside one opportunity to specifically pray and try to apply some of the things that we talk about over the next month. But specifically for us, I I, want to jump into this because if we don't jump into the application of talking about prayer, what's the point? these sermons aren't some of, man, that was a great sermon. Man, I didn't know that about prayer. Man, I didn't know that prayer uh, really helps my relationship with God. And you're like, yeah, that was good. Okay, I'm going to go home. Lion's game. And again, I'm going to completely fall victim to that by the time I leave here today. But I want to challenge you for that. Why? Because in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, and we're going to say four words. And Jesus jumps into his teaching about prayer. He just got done talking about giving. He says, and when you pray. Just look at that. And when you pray, and I'm going to keep saying this over and over because we're going to keep hitting this. Notice it doesn't say if you pray. He's not talking about if you pray. Not if you pray. Jesus is saying when you pray. So why is it that our application for the next four weeks has to revolve around us actually praying? Now I'm not throwing a first Thessalonians verse where it says, again, pray without ceasing. That's in the Bible. You can go to Joshua, and you can talk about, again, Joshua had so much faith that he, he, he made the sun stop. Moreover, God made the sun stop, but his prayer, his righteousness, again, Jesus and God are like, we're going to stop the sun because that's what Joshua is praying for. But when Jesus starts his conversation, when he's starting teaching about prayer, he says, when you pray. Prayer is such an essential, an essential aspect of a believer's walk with God. And I reread a book, it's called Spiritual Disciplines, it's by a guy by the name of Richard Foster, not that, that again, like, we always want to make sure that we talk uh, uh, Bible, but I went back to, like, a book, a Spiritual Disciplines book, and I started reading it, and I finished it this week, and there was kind of, like, five takeaways I had, and these were kind of quotes from the book, but he says, prayer catapults us into the frontier of the spiritual life. Prayer catapults us. Not just walks in. Again, think about how aggressive a catapult is. Like, poof, poof. Like, again, that, that is a catapult. But for us to, like, have that, like, aggressive quick into it to push us into the frontier. Now, even think about frontier for those of you who are adventurers. You get to start going through the adventure of having a relationship with God. I've never been here. These are uncharted waters. I've never prayed to God for this. Oh, man, I never thought I'd talk to him about my insecurity 
or that issue or this sin or, man, I never just thought I would just like marvel at how beautiful God is. But to think about what is prayer catapults us into the frontier of the spiritual life. Another quote, it says, of all spiritual disciplines, prayer is the most central because it ushers us in to a perpetual communion with the Father. That's a very, very fancy way. It's going to improve your relationship with God. It's going to help that communion. It's going to help that relationship. And think about relationships. Relationships are hard to manage, right? And you can always look at, well, if one aspect of the relationship that starts falling, what's that first domino that starts falling? It's communication. A marriage that doesn't have good communication typically isn't a strong marriage. A good relationship with your children that doesn't have good communication is generally a rough relationship. Think about your coworkers, your boss, anything. But for us, well, why is prayer so important? Because of all the spiritual disciplines, we're talking about giving, serving, we're talking about tithing, prayer helps us just get that relationship with God. And I love these last three. Real prayer is life-creating and life-changing. This is one of the, you, you want to change your life? It starts with prayer. Think about this. We go back to what ushered you in from light or death to life. What ushered you in to, to knowing God is typically a prayer. You don't just walk in like, man, that, that, that sermon was really good. I'm saved now. Here you go. No, you stop. and You pray to God. You recognize the fact that you're, you're fallen and you're wretched and the sin has separated you. And you pray out to a loving God who sent his son to die on a cross like, please forgive me. That's, that's life-creating, but life-changing. A believer doesn't stop going to the cross after the first moment they recognize that they're a sinner and they're in need of saving. You keep going back to it over and over and over again. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. I repent. I repent. I repent. Please, please help me. Uh, oh, wretched man am I who will save me from this body of death. But prayer, real prayer, is life-creating and life-changing. To pray is to change. Now, this is an easy one to look at. Can you think of something in your life that you believe you need to change? You already know it's in there. Now, I don't care if it's as simple as, like, you know what, i got to get physically healthy. Because if you're trying to get physically healthy, guess what it can start with? Lord, Lord, Lord give me self-control. Lord, give me endurance. Give me the ability to get up at 5 in the morning, even though I went to bed at 10 o'clock at night because my kids are crazy and I need to get up and I need to make sure that I'm doing this stuff. That's change. But real prayer to, to, to legitimately change, like when you start looking at anxiety, depression, guilt, shame, if you want me to keep adding them, I will, but I'm pretty sure I hit a button on somebody. But if we really want to get healed from these scars, to pray is to change. To pray is to transform yourself. And this is the last one. Prayer is the avenue God uses to transform us. So when it talks about it in Romans, again, like we, we, we don't want to conform to this world, but having a transformation of our mind. Where does that start? It starts with prayer. It starts with being able to acknowledge the fact that there's a problem, but then we've got to be able to go to the source to be able to help us. So why is prayer so important? Why are we so here? Because the reason why I love the next four weeks on prayer is my hope that God can magnify one of these because any one of those five that I just named will magnify the realness of who God is. Take one. You want to look at to pray is to change. The only person who's going to change you is God. 
And that alone can magnify how amazing, how blessed we have a relationship with our Father through the Son, like all these. So today, though, we're going to focus on something specific. We're going to talk about the tone of prayer. So in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, again, we say, and when you pray. So when you pray. But what's your tone when you pray? So is it fully focused on God? Is it sensitive to his leadings? Are, are you actually listening to his voice? Are you humble? And I, I put this in my notes. Is it awful? Not like awful, like bad awful, like awe, like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. This is amazing. Like, is, is it awful? I really wish I had a better way of saying that. But like, is it there? Like you, yourself, uh, significant, said the dust speck in a cosmos of stars that God created. And again, as, as infinite as God is, that God has a relationship with us. He wants to talk to us as his children. Is that your, your, your head when you pray? Or is that your tone? Dear Lord, I need you. Or is the tone focused on you, what you want, demanding? And then we'll use the actual, is it awful? Is bad? I, I think, about it, think about the tone. Think about how you talk to the creator of the universe. Because prayer correlates to the relationship God as a father has with us as children. And think about us as children. How do you talk to God? Now, I don't know if anybody's ever here ever actually had a conversation with a kid. Having conversations with kids can sometimes be horrendous. Ever talk to a child who's whiny? You gotta hold it together? You're right, I gave you the wrong cup. But it's still juice, right? Okay, and then it's like that, that the nails on a chalkboard tone, like, dee, 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 dee. it goes hypersonic, and you're like, oh, I can't deal with it. Have you ever had those conversations with somebody? Have you ever had a conversation with a kid where like, they're, they're acting like Ariel from like the Little Mermaid, and this is like Ariel theology, like one of my favorite moments in, in Little Mermaid is Ariel, 16-year-old girl, looks at her father, and she's like, I'm 16 years old, daddy, and you're going to go marry a guy you met once. But this demanding, I know what's right. I know what you need to give me. But think about the tone, whiny, this Ariel tone. But again, have you ever had the scatterbrain story with a child? And then I woke up, and then I found this thing, and then I found a pumpkin, and then I found a seed, and then what's on Bluey today? What are we doing for dinner today, Dad? Huh? Where you at? But in my opinion, I, I, I look at these things, and while prayer is a way that correlates to the way that a father wants to have a conversation with his kids. This is what God's tone that he gets sometimes is. He can get whiny, he can get the aerial tone, he can get that scatterbrain story. He's not like, what's going on, buddy? For me, you take all that and you add one more thing. Does God ever get a tone of unbelieving out of us? Because I think we all can turn around and say, you know what, I, I, I've whined to God. And there's a level of like, okay, you can take your struggles, you can take your stuff to God, and God is there for you. I, I think there's an aspect that like all of us think we know what we want, and we, we think we got it together. And Well, I'm 16 years old, Dad. Like, God still wants that. Like, God wants to have that conversation. Why? Because he'll crack that pride. He'll make sure he moves us forward. It, as much as these scatterbrain conversations are, with God, like, I don't know where you're at. You start the conversation, dear Heavenly Father, I love you. Thank you for all my blessing. Ooh, McDonald's. And then you go, God still wants to talk to you. But I think one of the, the worst tones that we possibly can have when we pray 
is a tone of unbelief. Dear God, I, I know you can, but you won't. I, I, I know it's all about your will, and it's not mine. Lord, I'd love to see you do amazing things, but, but, I, but I don't think you will because I'm sinful. I, I, I call these like loophole prayers. Like we we want to push into like God, I believe that you're capable, and God, I believe that you're amazing, and God, I believe you can heal, and God, I believe you can bring your presence into this. But our tone in the back of our head is like, ah, eh, but he won't. He probably won't help me on this because I sinned last week. It just God has a tendency of not showing up in my life, and like sometimes we have these like moments where like with prayer. We're meant to go to God with just great faith and great awe about what he's capable of doing. But because he didn't show up in the way that you wanted him to that one time, the rest of your prayer life just becomes, yeah, but he probably won't. He probably will forget me. He probably won't listen to me. And for me, like, I was going to this because I think for us, like, we try to pray to God, and if it doesn't show up in our way once, we lose out on the ability to continually pray to him. But also, like, the core of prayer is to seek him. It's to seek his will. It's to seek his presence. Not our own. Prayer is not an incantation that's going to unlock the riches of the universe for you. It unlocks, it unlocks the most valuable thing of the universe for you, which is God. So when we read this, again, we go back to Matthew chapter 6. When you pray, Jesus like hits this with the tone. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. And we talked about this last week. What is a hypocrite? It's an actor. It's, it's a stage performer. It's somebody who's trying to look it and be it and say the right words and I got the jargon, but in actuality, like, it's all stage performance. But Jesus says, but when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. And truly I say to you, they have received their reward. It's one of like the, the craziest things when you start looking at the, the tone of prayer. Jesus hits, is there is a tone problem. The problem is there because the prayer, the, the, the person who's praying, is playing the part. And the focus isn't on the one who they should be praying to. It's on themselves. So instead of like trying to look at it, like, again, the, the, I'm, I'm going to pray at the street corner. I'm, 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 I'm the hypocrite. I'm playing the actor. I, I'm praying just so I can look the part. We talked about this last week. We, we, we are all created to be beings of worship. But sin has corrupted all of us, and it's twisting our worship from God to ourselves. So what do you see here? Even in prayer, we talked about this with giving. We see this again with, with prayer. All you see is, again, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and the street corners, and they must be seen by others. So we, we go back to this again. We understand the, the value of prayer, and man, we want to push into God, but then we start looking at like the dangers of how we can pray wrong. So go figure, when you pray as the actor, the only thing you get is the fake reward. And while I was looking at this, this is one of the saddest rewards you possibly can get. I, I've heard it said that, again, if you, you play dumb games, you get dumb prizes. But the saddest reward you possibly can get in your prayer life is your. Think about that. Infinite 
cosmic deity, loving, patient, alpha and omega, father of the universe, who will only give us good gifts. He'll never give us scorpions. But what is our prayer so focused on? I want to be seen. I want mine. Give me mine. If your is the greatest reward in prayer, it's the worst thing that God will give it to us. Oh, you want to be seen? There you go. You want to use that big word? There you go. You want to look spiritual? There you go. Meanwhile, what the reward of prayer is, again, it ushers us in, prayer catapults us into the frontier of the spiritual life. When we're just talking, we're playing the part, there is no spiritual in prayer. It's just talk. And we'll talk more wording next week, but it's just talk. You sound good. Makes you feel good. Gave you some endorphins because, again, you're around some like-minded people, but there's no spiritual. There's nothing altering in your heart. And of all the spiritual disciplines, prayer is the, the, the one that is most central because it ushers us into a, a communion with the Father. And all we do is talk and all we do is pray in the part, play the part. Like There is no relationship with God. It's a relationship with words. It's a relationship with meditation. Like, there's no focal point there. If you look at real prayer as life-changing and life-creating, man, there's no repentance. There's no need for God. There's no change. Prayer is the change. Well, again, if, if it's, you're just playing the part, playing the part to get your reward, again, there's no change. And prayer is an avenue for God uses us to transform. And I think this is like the, one of the biggest things. You get people who will be like, hey, I'm struggling through life. Everything's falling apart. What's the first thing that most Christians, most believers, most churches, hey, I'll be praying for you. Or let's pray right now. And then when they don't see a transformation, what happens? They're out. This isn't real. This doesn't work. It's a hocus pocus. Christianity is not a real thing. I'm going to go do my own thing to bring change. But for us, if we look at it, the, the, the reason why, the reason why is because the reward is off. The reward of prayer is to know God. So the first place we got to look at, if we're like, hey, prayer doesn't work, we got to look at our tone. Is our tone self-fulfilling? Is our tone only about us? Or is our reward something else? So kind of one of those, like the shift to more of the applicational of it, so a real talk, like prayer isn't my strongest like spiritual gift. Like I, I know there's some people who pray Without ceasing, you're the embodiment of that from Thessalonians. There's some people who, man, they hear sun stand still, and they're going to do it. And then there, there are just some people who, I'm a prayer warrior. Praise be to God for you. I'm not saying I don't pray. I'm not saying I don't commune with the Lord. So don't, like, Pastor Ryan never prays. I do. But when I look at my life, I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm not the best at praying. I don't feel I'm the best at praying. But for me, the, the, the one thing I've learned about prayer, especially over the last week, is the best way to improve is to keep doing it. Well, I was reading this week and I was like, man, like I, I'm actually kind of convicted about this. I, I'm going to actually admit some, some fault. I'm going to actually admit some shortcoming of mine. Like, man, I'm not that good at praying. But then I was like, oh, how do I fix this? I'm going to read some books about prayer. I'm going to listen to some podcasts. No. The best way to get better at praying the best way to improve at praying is to keep praying. And if I miss on seeking the reward, if I'm not seeing the reward, what do I do? I keep pleading. I keep going back to God. I keep asking for him to change my heart. And again, if your tone is off, 
You keep going to God. God, please make sure my tone is right. God, please make sure my heart's where it needs to be. And guess what he'll do at some point? He'll put it in your heart. He'll start changing you. So again, your tone is right. So for me, if your tone is off, keep at it. Why do I say keep at it? Because prayer is our focused time with our Heavenly Father. So I was looking at this again. The last, uh, like, it's not even been 72 hours. Last weekend's been interesting. Because then there's been a lot of focus on my time with my kids. Now, this is one of those things where, like, I, I feel like I'm going to cast in the cradle it and, like, regret moments that I don't take advantage of these at some point in my life. But it's like, man, when you've got four kids at home for, like, 30 hours, and it's four-on-one, you, you, you can't zone defense four-on-one. You can't LeBron James and just take it to the hole and be like, I got this. Like, it, it's something consistently going on, whether someone's running over somebody's toe with the, the, the hoverboard, it's somebody crying, somebody spills milk. For some reason, Jed wants to eat cereal out of a, 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 a plate now. There's been a lot of things I've learned about my kids. But looking at this, prayer is our focused time with our Heavenly Father in some of the best moments in most frustrating times with our kids are times when we're alone. Now I look at this and this is what I find funny. Jed can't talk well. Jed points. He's very, very good about being able to tell me what he wants, but he wanted cereal. So he points at the Lucky Charms and no, he doesn't eat actually the, the oat part. He only eats the marshmallows, but load him up on Lucky Charms. But he's pointing at cereal. So I'm like, Okay, you want cereal. I understand what you're saying. Then he points at the milk. And I'm like, okay, you want milk. Then he points up at where we keep our bowls and our plates and everything. So I go over and I grab him a little bowl. Mm-mm. What do you mean, mm-mm? You're getting cereal. Mm-mm. Okay, then like, he points and I was like, and I pull out one of those, like the, the, the kids' plates with the three little slots that you can put it in. He's like, mm-hmm. And I'm like, but this is a plate, son. And now the entire time I'm frustrated because I'm like, what are you saying to me right now? Your, your tone is, uh-uh, I don't understand that. And as a father, I'm, I, I'm getting frustrated. But then as I started doing it, I'm like, okay, uh-huh. And I put some, put some milk in the plate, and I put it down, and go figure. You, you put milk in that, and it doesn't need to be in a bowl, and a kid will eat it, and it doesn't matter. But while it was a frustrating moment for me, it was a moment where my son was able to communicate with me. And while I had no idea what he was trying to say, that's the earthly limitation, so just so you know, our Heavenly Father doesn't have limitations. I I was stumbling and fumbling, but in the same way, my son was able to communicate, even though my son was not communicating clearly. So whether we're talking about Pokemon card game, we're talking video games, we're talking about riding a bike, for me, if it's cleaning the house, like, have you ever had those moments talking to a kid where it's like, no, don't, not like this, not like this, not that, that's not how you say it, this is how you do it, this is what you need. No, this is the logical collusion because you don't put cereal in a plate. But then something starts happening. And it goes from all of those no, no, no's to there you go. And I understand what you're doing. Because one of the biggest things that I think everybody needs to remember is remember God meets us where we're at. And that's the beauty of the cross. And so when it comes to prayer, yeah, you might be that kid who's trying to say, like, I, I need the plate, I need the bowl, I'm trying to say all these things. And like, God's like, why do you want that? And God will lead you. No, that's not what you want. Now, do I think Jed's going to eat cereal out of a plate for the rest of his life? No. But in the same right, I was like, oh, there you go. I was able to meet my son where he was at. And the beauty of prayer is that's what God does. Prayer isn't about working. It's about relationship. It's about communing. 
prayer, again, and we'll see this in the Lord's Prayer when we get there in a couple weeks, but prayer is about focusing and thinking your thoughts towards God. It's about loving the things he loves. It's about loving the people he loves. It's about desiring to see his will in your life with the ultimate reward of prayer is to grow in the one who you pray to. For me, Jesus continues this teaching. He has this right tone because he says, but when you pray, this is not if you pray in Matthew chapter 6, 6. It's when you pray. Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who is in secret will reward you. Notice this. It's privacy. And I want to break this down in a second, but again, it's that when you pray, Jesus is inviting us to do this. Because again, why, why do we conclude everything in Jesus' name? Because in Jesus' name, that gives us access to the Father. So why do we pray amen? Why do we start? Again, when you pray in Jesus' name, that, that gives us access to Father. So the Son reveals the Father. But this is Jesus who knows he's going to usher, usher us into a relationship with God. The Father is inviting us when you pray. But he says, go into your room. Now, some of you hyper-literalists and a little bit of the toxic obedient people need to understand, like, can you pray anywhere? Yes. Thessalonians says, pray without ceasing. But for Jesus here, what is he getting at? The call here isn't the room. It's the tone. He's calling our hearts to have a tone of privacy where our focus can just be on the reward, on our Father, our God. So Jesus doesn't advocate, again, praying only in your room. Uh, some of my favorite things in the world is I love seeing when people pray in public. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Public prayer is okay. There's nobody who's going to turn around and see you again. If you're, you're praying as a group, you're praying in the corner, you're praying before the gathering, if someone walks up, be like, i got to be in a room privately. No, you're praying in a restaurant, pray in a restaurant. It's one of my favorite things to do. I'm I'm people watching consistently. I love going to diners. I love watching when I see people bow their heads and pray to God. It's one of the best things ever because it still shows that Jesus, the church, is alive. But public prayer is okay. But for us, this go into your room and shut your door is a call for privacy because the goal of prayer isn't outward religious signs. Our, our goal isn't religiosity. Our goal, our focus, our reward is that communion. It's that time with God. So this go into your room, it, 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 it's a literal and it's, it, it's a heart posture to ensure that, again, your heart, your, your, your focus, your, your attention is on God. So real talk, have you ever prayed while driving down the road and then somebody cuts you off? Think about like in the, if you've ever had a conversation with somebody where they, like, they cut you off and they take a cell phone call really quick and you're like, wow, sweet dude, okay. <laughs> like again, they, they, they take a text message and they're like, oh yeah, 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 okay. Like what just happened? Like think about that. If we're talking to God, we're communing with God, we're literally having access to God and all of a sudden our hearts just go whoop. It's like that disconnect button instantly. Now again, does God still love us? Is he still patient? Absolutely. But you know for an absolute fact, if, I, if you came to the church and I'm like, Ryan, I really need to talk to you. I'm really struggling right now. Okay, yeah, yeah, what's up? Well, this is going on and this is going on. Hold on, hold on a second. You see me playing on my phone texting. 
hold on, I just got an update on Pokemon Go. I got to go, go check this out. You'd be like, wow, where's the relationship? Where's the love? Where's the care? But to think about that in the same way with God, why does he call us to go to a room? It's because it gets rid of distractions. gets rid of things that, that, that can pull our attention. Now, for some of us, we could even go in a room and we start looking at the wall. and be like, I think I got to paint it soon. I think that's a paint cracker. Again, it's a heart posture, too. Because it might not matter where you go. Your heart just might constantly always be distracted. But calming your heart, silencing your heart, getting yourself where you're at a point where, okay, all I'm going to do right now is I'm going to focus my heart, focus my attention, my adoration, my affection on the one who is my reward. So one of the most important aspects of prayer is tone. Because why? Like we, we have to start looking at that. How do you step into prayer? And one of my favorite verses, and again, just to kind of let the, the, the reward of prayer, it's found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. It says, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. It's one of my favorite things. As a dad, uh, this is like the, the blessing and the curse. Every single kid wants to show you what I can do. And then it's like one of those like, okay, I know you can do a poke. I know you can do a backflip. I know you can do that. But for us, what does a kid constantly want to do with their father? I want my father to see me. I want him to talk with me. I want him to have a conversation with me. We got to the end of the night last night. I mean, it's like 7.45. I'm trying to get the kids to bed. And Zeke and Broly are like, can we play cards together? And I'm like, I'm so beyond spent right now. Jed has been in a funk since mom left. And Kez is Kez. And the house is crazy. And I cooked breakfast. And there's a mess now. But I was like, but what do they want? They didn't didn't care anything about the mess. They didn't care anything about the house. They didn't care anything about me. But what was the one thing that they did care about? want to be with my father and for me when we look at prayer if our tone for prayer is anything other than the father who sees you we're off because if we're like the father who sees me and i get a reward the reward is the one who sees you the reward is the one who gives you the reward is the one who saved you and redeemed you and loves you but so often what do we turn prayer into it's a drive-through window Hey, Lord, give me this, this, and this, and minus that. No. Prayer is meant to be something where we stop. We sit. We're not doing it like the hypocrites. We're not playing the game. We're not playing the actor. We sit privately in a heart-filled place where we're like, I just need you. And I want to know you and worship you. But for us, prayer can catapult us into the frontier of a spiritual life. Of all the spiritual disciplines, prayer is the most central because it ushers us into a perpetual communion with the Father. Real prayer is life-creating and life-changing. To pray is the change, and prayer is the avenue God uses to transform us. I kind of told you in the very beginning, if we're going to go through prayer over the next four weeks and we don't pray, we're missing something. You want to pray with a group before you leave? Well, Pray with a group before you leave. You want to pray more for people? Pray more for people. I don't know how God's necessarily going to completely apply this. 
But if our hearts truly desire the things of God, we want the rewards of God. We need to make sure our tone is in a place where our focus is on Him. Because so often we can get so focused on the things that God gives us that we forget about the fact that the the one who gave it to us is the true reward. I want blessing, I want provision, I want money, I want health. And again, God will be like, okay, I want wisdom. We get those things. But then we completely like, I got all these things. For me, I want to challenge you to this. I want to challenge you to pray like a child. I want you to pray like a child who wants your dad to see you. I want to challenge you to pray like a child who's not whiny, who's not scatterbrained, She's not walking up and be like, I'm 16-year-old, I know exactly what I'm doing. No. I want you to play like a child. I want you to take it back to the basic. I want you to take it back to the dear Father. I need you in my life. I want to know you better and love you better. And Lord, give me the ability to have the heart posture to focus on you. For every single person, whether you're watching us online or whether you're watching us uh, again here in person, like I pray that you take this challenge and I pray you take this application seriously. Because if we genuinely want to see amazing things happen, we want to see an auditorium filled with people at Trunk or Treat. Oh, we want to see people's hearts change at Trunk or Treat. We want to see God continue to do amazing things in our country. We want to see, again, our heart, our country's heart turned back to God. We want to see anybody whose ailments are there. If we want to see anybody get more connected to the church, if we want to see anything change in our life. If we think we're going to do it by our own power, our own mustering, our own abilities, our own program missing but all that is the reward I want us to focus on who the reward truly is and who brings all those things so us as a church I want to challenge you for the next four weeks to pray let's pray dear Heavenly Father Lord give us the diligence the spirit the love to just want to focus on you Lord please forgive us that we get things wrong so often. But Lord, we praise you for being loving and forgiving. Lord, for anybody's heart here today that doesn't know you, Lord, that their heart's not right, Lord, we know that prayer can bring a life change. But Lord, before we even start praying to you, Lord, we, we have to know you. We have to recognize that you came for us and you died for us. Lord, if there's anybody here who does not know you, Lord, who has not confessed that you are Lord and you are Savior, Lord, today is the day I pray that that is the first thing that they call out. But Lord, for all of us who know you, Lord, we wander. Lord, we put our hearts in the things of this world. Lord, we put our heart into ideas of this world. But Lord, I pray you call us all back to just genuine, true relationship with you. But Lord, today, at some point, Over the next four weeks, Lord, I I pray you give us all the ability and the desire to know you better. Lord, I pray you start changing people's lives, Lord. You start renewing people's marriages, Lord. Lord, you start doing something with the parents in this room where they become the greatest reflection of your love and grace. But Lord, today, allow our tone to be that of wanting to know you better. Christ, we love you so much. But Lord, allow us to join back into worshiping you, Lord, because you are good and you are loving. Lord, we pray this all in your great name. Amen.